Hello, my friends. This is Nikki. Welcome to Learning About the Lord. This is episode 51, and today we're going to learn about how Jesus meets Lazarus for the first time. And we'll get to know a little bit about who Lazarus is and the great friendship that forms between him and Jesus over time. Jesus and Simon Zelot are walking along a little road. Oh, I'll mention that we are reading from Maria Valtorta's Volume 1, Poem of the Man-God. They are going towards magnificent orchards and fields of flax. Other fields far away show only large bright red spots of poppies. We are already on the property of my friend, says Simon Zelot. Your friend is very wealthy, says Jesus. Yes, very, says Simon Zelot. But he is not happy. He owns property also elsewhere. Is he a Pharisee? asks Jesus. Simon Zelot answers, His father was not. He is very observant. I told you, a true Israelite. They walk a little further until they reach the house surrounded by gardens. There is a heavy wrought iron gate. Simon Zelot knocks with the heavy bronze knocker. It is too early to go in, Simon, remarks Jesus. Oh, my friend gets up at sunrise, says Simon Zelot. He finds comfort only in his garden or in his books. Night is a torture for him. Please do not delay further to give him your joy. A servant opens the gate. Good morning, says Simon Zelot. Tell your master that Simon Zelot has come with his friend. The servant runs away after letting them in, saying, Your servant greets you. Come in. Lazarus's house is open to his friends. Lazarus arrives. He is thin and pale and tall. He is wearing a snow-white linen garment and walks with difficulty, like one suffering from leg trouble. When he sees Simon, he waves his hand affectionately, and then, as best as he can, he runs toward Jesus and throws himself on his knees, bending down to the ground to kiss the hem of Jesus' tunic. And he says, I am not worthy of so much honor, but since your holiness stoops to my misery, come, my Lord, come in and be the master in my poor house. Rise, my friend, says Jesus, and receive my peace. Lazarus gets up and kisses Jesus' hands and looks at him with veneration. They walk towards the house, how anxiously I have waited for you, Master, says Lazarus. Every morning at dawn I would say, He will come today. And every evening I said, I have not seen him today either. Why were you expecting me so anxiously? asks Jesus. Because whom are we in Israel expecting but you, says Lazarus. And do you believe that I am the expected one? asks Jesus. Simon Zelot has never lied, says Lazarus. Age and sorrow made him as mature as a wise man. In any case, even if he had not recognized your true nature, your deeds would have spoken and said that you are a saint. He who accomplishes the deeds of God must be a man of God, and you accomplish them. And you do things in a way that says how truly you are the man of God. Simon Zelot came to you because of the fame of your miracles, and he received a miracle. 
and I know that your way is strewn with miracles. Why, then, not believe that you are the expected one? Oh, it is so sweet to believe what is good. We have to feign to believe as good so many things which are not good, for peace's sake. We must pretend we believe them, although we know they are poison, blame, sarcasm. We must do so because it is not possible to do otherwise, and we are weak against a whole world which is strong, and we are alone against a whole world which is hostile to us. Why then should we have difficulty in believing what is good? Also the time is ripe and the signs of the time are here. Our anxiety to believe and to appease our hearts is in the certainty that the expectation is finished and that the Redeemer has come, the Messiah is here, he who will give peace to Israel and to the children of Israel, he who will let us die without anguish, knowing that we have been redeemed, and will enable us to live without the nostalgic feeling for our dead loved ones. My father has been dead for three years, and my mother seven, but I no longer lament their deaths, I also would like to be where I hope they are awaiting heaven. And Jesus says, In which case you would not have the Messiah as your guest. That is true, says Lazarus. Now I am in a better position than they are, because I have you. And my heart calms down because of this joy. Come in, Master. Grant me the honor of making my house yours. Today is the Sabbath, and I cannot invite friends to honor you. Neither do I wish that, says the Lord. Today I am all for Simon Zelot's friend and mine, you, Lazarus. They go into a beautiful hall where some servants are ready to receive them. Please follow them, says Lazarus. You will be able to refresh yourselves before the morning meal. And while Jesus and Simon Zelot go into another room, Lazarus gives instructions to the servants. I can see that the house belongs to wealthy people, and it is also very refined. Lazarus and Simon Zelot are discussing the sale of Simon Zelot's property. Simon Zelot wishes to sell all of his holdings, but make provisions for his one servant who took care of him even during his illness. He wishes to sell everything and give the money to the Lord to use as alms for the poor. Jesus says to Simon Zelot, You are good, Simon. If everyone were as just as you are, my mission would be easier. Do you find the world averse, Master? asks Lazarus. The world? says Jesus. No. The strength of the world, though, Satan. If he were not the master of men's hearts, and did not hold them in his possession, I would not find any resistance. But evil is against good, and I have to defeat evil in every man to put good into them, and they are not all willing. It is true, they are not willing, says Lazarus. Master, what words do you use to convert and convince those who are sinful? Words of severe reproach, like the ones that fill the history of Israel against guilty people, and the precursor is the last to use them, or words of mercy. And Jesus answers, I use love and mercy. Believe me, Lazarus, a loving glance has more power on those who have fallen than a curse. And Lazarus says, And if love is mocked at? 
One must insist again, says the Lord. Insist to the very utmost. Lazarus, do you know these lands where quicksands swallow unwary people? Yes, says Lazarus, I do. I have read about them because in my situation I read a lot, both out of enthusiasm and to pass the long sleepless hours at night. And I know that they are like suckers. They suck what they catch. A Roman says they are the mouths of hell where pagan monsters live. Is that true? No, says the Lord, it is not true. They are only special formations of the earth. Olympus has nothing to do with them. People will not stop believing in Olympus, and they will still exist, and the progress of mankind will only be able to give a more truthful explanation of the fact, but will not eliminate it. Now I say to you, since you read about them, you may also have read about how a person who has fallen into them can be saved. Yes, says Lazarus, by means of a rope thrown to the person, or by means of a pole or even a branch, sometimes a small thing is sufficient to give a sinking man the minimum support to hold on to, and in addition the necessary calm without struggling to await rescue. Well, says Jesus, a sinner, a man possessed, is one who has been swallowed by a deceitful soil, the surface of which is covered with flowers, whereas underneath it is quicksand. Do you think that if a man knew what it means to give Satan the possession of even an atom of himself, he would do it? But he does not know, and after, either the astonishment and the poison of evil paralyze him, or drive him mad, and to avoid the remorse of being lost, he struggles, he clings to other sands, he stirs up huge waves with his rash movements, and thus hastens his own end. Love is the rope, the wire, the branch mentioned by you. We must insist, insist, until it is caught. A word, forgiveness, a forgiveness greater than the fault, just to stop the sinking and await God's assistance. Lazarus, do you know the power of forgiveness? It brings God to assist the rescuer. Do you read much? Yes, I do, says Lazarus, but I do not know whether I do the right thing. My disease and other things have deprived me of many of the delights of men, and now I have but the passion for flowers and books, for plants and also for horses. I know that I am criticized for it, but how can I go to my estate in this condition? And he uncovers two huge legs, all bandaged up. How can I go to my estate in this condition, on foot or riding a mule? I must use a cart, and a fast one. That is why I bought some horses, of which I am now very fond, I admit. But if you tell me that that is wrong, I will have them sold. No, Lazarus, says Jesus, these are not corrupting things. That which upsets the soul and drives it away from God is the cause of corruption. And Lazarus says, Now, Master, what I would like to know is this. I read a lot. I have but this comfort. I like to learn. I think that after all it is better to know than to do wrong. It is better to read than to do other things. But I do not read only our pages. I like to learn about the world of other peoples, 
and I am attracted by Rome and Athens. Now I am aware of the great evil that befell Israel when she became corrupted by the Assyrians and the Egyptians, and of the great harm done to us by Hellenistic governments. I do not know whether a man can do himself the same harm. What is your opinion on the matter? I am anxious to be taught by you, as you are not a rabbi, but the wise and divine word. Jesus stares at Lazarus for a few seconds. His glance is penetrating and distant at the same time. He seems to pierce Lazarus's opaque body and scrutinize his heart, and penetrating even further. At last he speaks, Are you upset by what you read? Does it detach you from God and his law? No, master, says Lazarus. On the contrary, it urges me to make comparisons between our true God and pagan falseness. I make comparisons and I meditate on the glories of Israel, her just people, the patriarchs, the prophets, and the questionable figures of other people's histories. I compare our philosophy, if we can call so the wisdom that speaks in our sacred texts, with the poor Greek and Roman philosophies which contain sparks of fire, but not the blaze that burns and shines in the books of our wise men. And after, with greater veneration, I bow down with my soul to adore our God who speaks in Israel through deeds people, and our books. Well then, says the Lord, continue to read. It will help you to understand the pagan world. Continue, you may continue. There is no ferment of evil or of spiritual gangrene in you. You therefore may read without any fear. The love you have for your God makes sterile the profane germ that reading might spread in you. In all man's actions there is the possibility of good and of evil. It depends on how they are accomplished. Love is not a sin, if one loves in a holy way. Work is not a sin, if one works when it is the right time. To earn is not a sin, if one is satisfied with what is honest. To educate oneself is not a sin providing the education does not kill the idea of God in us. Whereas it is a sin to serve also at the altar if one does it for one's own benefit. Are you convinced, Lazarus? Yes, Master, says Lazarus. I asked other people the same question, and they scorned me. But you give me light and peace. Oh, if everybody heard you. Come, Master, Amongst the jasmines there is a cool breeze and silence. It is sweet to rest under their cool shade awaiting the evening. They go out, and it all finishes there. So here we get a little glimpse of Lazarus, who he is, a wealthy man, an educated man, a kind man, and a man devout to his religion, a man who accepts Jesus as the Messiah, a man who asks him for wisdom and holiness. And we also see that Lazarus is deeply injured. His legs are ulcerous and swollen. Why he does not yet ask the Lord to cure his legs, I don't know. But we all know that Lazarus is meant for a greater miracle, a much greater miracle 
that's to come later in time. Lazarus also suffers because he is the brother of Mary Magdalene, and she has brought great shame to his family name. And yet he has not begun to ask the Lord to save his sister, the sinner. But Jesus has already started to preach to Lazarus about forgiveness. He talks about how when a person is sinking in the quicksand, he is lost in evil torrents. And what can save him is a rope or a branch. And he says that love is the rope. And that to be able to offer the victim a forgiveness that is greater than the fault, than the sin, will stop the sinking of the person into greater sin while they await God's assistance. So he asks Lazarus, Do you know the power of forgiveness? It brings God to assist the rescuer. And they also talk about how Lazarus likes to read and educate himself. And the Lord says, As long as it does not take you away from God, there's no problem in educating yourself. Education is not a sin. Education can help you to understand and learn about God better and better, deeper and deeper. As long as we do not allow education to kill the idea of God inside of us. So I'll leave you with those thoughts. I ask the Lord to bless you all. Go in peace.